Hello and welcome back to the dive, the new dive with our brand spanking new table and our carpet space. Definitely no budget cuts here. We're going all out. <laughs> going. It was just like too far apart. You know, that table was yeah. so big. I didn't like, now I can actually you reach out and slap yeah. you if you say something dumb. I was going to say we do like a seance or something. Okay, you know? hold on. We, we all pray for pray. another good uh, season of the dive. Nah, man. Okay. <laughs> um, on, honestly though, I'm super, super excited for mm -hmm. this split. We have so many crazy roster changes. Uh, I feel like this this set of rosters is one of the most competitive that we have ever had in the history of the LCS. It, it's I feel like there's so much to get hyped about. We always say that, and then it. Ooh, I do not no, no, always no, no, say. I, I do not always so, say that. So we don't always say that, but it is a meme that like it's like this is the best split ever, and like three teams never come together, and you're like we had three good teams the whole year. Of course, yeah, it was yeah, never yeah. good. Well, but, did you see the the new uh, Twitter copy pasta that just started like a couple hours ago? Oh, the Vulcan one. The Vulcan one. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like what is just, it? What, I, well, it was basically just like about the new scrim schedule. It's like okay. I can't remember the exact words verbatim. Maybe you can just pull, yeah, it up. pull it up. But it was essentially like with the new schedule, this could be one of the most competitive splits, maybe the most competitive <laughs> ever, or whatever. <laughs> Ever, right, and That's so like perfect. everyone's yeah, just spamming yeah. it. I thought um, you were talking about the LCS schedule, not scrim schedule. Oh, didn't say, I think it is scrim schedule because well, we, we, can, we can just start with scrim schedule stuff right I, now. I think we should. Do you um, want to start with LCS schedule or scrim schedule? Scrim schedule. All right, let's start. Scrim schedule. Um, so scrim schedule usually like in the past years, people would do one block of five games or maybe six games, but usually yeah. five games. Um, and now basically what every team is doing is they have swapped to a three and three schedule. So they'll do three three games. They take a break and they review, they eat, whatever. They do three more games. Um, so there was a lot of debate about this. A couple of the teams were pushing really, really hard to do this three and three schedule. Uh, I know I talked to Dodo and I think Artemis, uh, you know, he did a video about this as well. Yeah, he did Twitter, um, yeah. Where there was basically like a vote where some of the teams didn't want to do it and wanted to push it back to the other thing. And so they apparently voted and it was apparently, Dota told me it was a tie and they literally had to coin flip to see like if they were gonna keep the schedule <laughs> That's what or it came not. Down to? I didn't hear that. So apparently it was based on a coin flip. So they kept the schedule. Um, it is very long hours and this ties into kind of the Champions Q stuff too, why maybe people aren't playing Champions Q as, as much. Um, but most of the teams I'm talking to, their official hours are like get there at 11 and they're there till 8 p.m. But a lot of teams are getting there earlier and staying a lot later. A number of the teams I talked to were saying their players are there from like 10 a.m. to 2 to 3 a.m. on average. So the teams are are grinding hard. So as much as the Vulcan thing is a copy pasta and a bit of a meme, it feels like this is maybe the most intense practice schedule that the LCS has ever had. And while there are half the teams that voted against it, they are doing it, yep. right? So e even the ones that didn't want to do more <laughs> are doing more, <laughs> you know, maybe they're kicking and screaming. And they there are definitely differences as well in the downtimes, mm -hmm. uh, like you're saying. I know one of the big points that we get to when we get to our power rankings, uh, for me, for Team Liquid, is going to be on their crazy work ethic and how much extra time they're putting in. Um, so that's just the scrim schedule. If we just focus in on scrim schedule right now before, you know, diluting to all these other topics, yeah. um, I, I kind of wanted to examine, you know, because he mentioned the the Artemis, uh, you know, video that he put out on it. And he kind of was even disagreeing with what they came to and wanted like more variety. Yeah. Uh, I will say I was a big proponent of this style um, because the, the I listen to Andrew Huberman's podcast so much, the neuroscientist I talk about uh, so, so much last year. And he is a huge proponent of 90-minute intense work sessions. And there's a lot of neuroscience to back up that the human brain is 
ideally focus for 90 minutes uh, of, you know, uh, you know, focused effort and then having a break is very, very beneficial. So to me, that made a lot of sense. Uh, I know there's other things that that go into it where, you know, the the players, you know, as far as they're waking up and going to sleep schedules and what you're doing in the in-between times uh, as well and how late now the, the days are getting and all these adjustments. But I was a big proponent of having multiple 90-minute focus blocks. Yeah, it, it's been a very interesting ride to me because I haven't said anything publicly about it, but I've been getting updates from different teams and uh, people tangential to the scene about what people are saying behind it. And I, I put out a video which was very heavily criticizing the one five block Mm -hmm. or one block of five games uh, last year saying like, I think this is a, a terrible way to practice. I just didn't think it made any sense in terms of improvement. I think it makes a lot of sense logistically because it's easy, but I don't really think that's what your target should be. Like, let's make the easiest practice possible. Let's make the best practice possible. Um, and so I have heard there's like a lot of these growing pains about the time it goes to do all this. Uh, we used to do this back when I coached. This was our scrim block. It was 12 to three, four to seven. So like <laughs> to hear this much pushback on that is like, I'm like, this is just what the East does is what we always did. You know, like I do agree with Artemis that like you shouldn't just blindly copy things. But like for me, seeing how bad I think the, the five block system was because everyone complained about it by the fifth game, they were trash. You know, people yeah. talked about how like yeah. someone would just like turbo sprint the first couple of games and you'd be done at 2.30 and be like, all right, we did <laughs> five games in two hours. Like, like there's so many problems with it as well as all this like background about like I was reading Parth's like huge doc that he put when he retired. You know, he had like that 40 page thing. Mm. He was railing against this kind of learning and how you want to like have more bite sizable things. Like there's so many reasons I think to push for the change while it can still be optimized further to Artemis's video. Like you got to start making changes somehow. And even if this is like a little heavy handed, like we have to break it up because the one to five, our, our results were getting worse internationally. Yeah. yeah I mean, people always mean that like, we always suck. And it's like, we didn't go one in 15 or whatever it was, you know. We like, sucked at varying degrees. Thank yeah. you very we much. Used to, we used to go three and three and lose tiebreakers. Like, yeah. let's get back to that first, you know. And we've made finals and multiple things. Before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And anyway, so not, not to go too much on international performance, but I, I am very for the changes. I understand there's going to be growing pains for a lot of pros who came up during the old system and have not experienced the two blocks of three. But like, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. Like, the other thing I heard is like commutes are worse these days because back when I coached, a lot of people were in gaming houses. And so like, just start scrims at noon. It's like, you woke up at... 10.30, you were there. And now there's like commutes and stuff. I find myself relatively unsympathetic to the commute complaint. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just kind of part of life. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm like, that's what everyone does. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's interesting, right? There, there can be a lot of issues with the five block system. You know, one, one person that I was talking to, the coaches were saying that one of the issues was, you know, if they had a, a particularly like bad game or a game that they really wanted to talk about, then oftentimes the other team would be wanting to review this and it would like create this huge delay in the, in the middle of, of their kind of like block yeah. of games um, that would then have people completely losing focus. And then the, the like the later games are trashed because of that because no one's paying attention anymore. Um, so being able to have that, that block, you know, built in in the middle where they can actually like players can take a break, can eat, but if they need to spend time to review, you know, from a number of these coaches I've heard, a lot of times when players are feeling really strongly about like what should have happened or whatever, they just actually spend that that two hour block in the middle reviewing the previous three games and then trying to implement those fixes in later ones. So yeah. I'm pretty positive on the change. Um, and also just optimistic on the fact that there's a lot of teams that are trying to lead by example. Um, talking to, you know, I, I tried to talk to coaches from every single team. Uh, every team but one responded to me. Um, Name and shame. <laughs> say it. Name no, and I'm shame. not say it because it wasn't what? That, that wasn't that long ago. Okay, well, whatever. Immortals hasn't got back to me yet. Um, <laughs> but to be fair, I only, Ooh, I wonder why you ranked them. To be, to be fair, I only reached out to them like four days ago, so they haven't had that much time. Yeah, I only have four days. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, 
I'm trying to be someone fair. How many emails do you respond to after four days? <laughs> no, yeah. that's that's you know that's when the automated Google thing. If you it use email, you. it puts it back up go. at the top, and it's like, did you want to respond to this? You know what? It does no, help me sometimes. They, they I, click no. They don't want to respond to a sale. <laughs> um, but. I, you know, so I talked to a lot of teams and a lot of the teams are really emphasizing like that they want to be, you know, like a, a really a strict like work culture and that they want to be having players that are motivated for this. Like TL, that's like their big thing this year is like, you know, Core J really wanted players who are driven and motivated to work hard. And, you know, TL feels that Core J was, was the hardest working player in the LCS and that's what they're looking for. And, and I think this is all part of that. So hopefully, you know, if those teams that are really grinding and working hard are getting success, then everyone will see the, the value in it. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely a positive thing. As far as the like champions queue topic, because that's also a big one that, yeah. that we touched on and this, this does bump into, the biggest reason for me is it's rank reset. I, yep. I I am still addicted to League of Legends. I grind at the beginning of every rank up. I feel like if you have that competitive, like our brains are all wired like that. Everybody here is a competitor. These players are, have hardwired their brains since they were little kids playing these video games. Ranking up feels good, okay? They're going to play ranked at the, at the beginning of the reset. How long that lasts and, you know, when we need to make the push to get, hey, back in Champions queue um, for... Uh, you know, quality practice is the thing to to be up for debate. But I do also uh, know that we are implementing duo queue or working on duo queue for champions queue. And that is for sure going to get everybody back in. So I'm foreseeing this glorious return when we have our re reinitiation of the start date. Um, I, I know there's a timeline on duo queue because uh, it's a discord bot and they have to, you know, reprogram. So that might be a little bit delayed, but I, I'm foreseeing a glorious return. Co Kobe's, Kobe's just coping because that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's his stream right there. He's like, guys, please come back. I will have no stream. Uh, no, I, I think it was a good decision to shut it down. I understand why people aren't playing. I am... I'm more pessimistic than you, I think, like uh, without the monetary reward that was there last year, um, exactly how long it'll it'll last. I think the priority queue that they're supposed to get for LCS pros will help a lot potentially as well as the dual queue. It's like, I think the rank up thing is really true. It's going to reopen. I think it was a good idea to shut it down just to stop the like hate PR that was going on mm. and see what happens when it reopens. Um, I hope it's active and i think the cool thing is that like you know the lpl has one now from what i heard but uh, it's just like a less penetrable yeah. market eu too they EU. already have been complaining about they it. want it yeah, yeah. <laughs> it hasn't been turned well they're on changing yet. the time they're they're complaining about the possible time yeah yeah so they're they're, they're work shopping through theirs but i think it's cool to see more ecosystems pick it up yeah yeah absolutely i mean i think it's it's a great idea right and i do think that even at the very least during worlds and stuff it was proven like uh, the value that it can can really have and last year i do think it had a lot of value as well um so it's gonna be pretty interesting uh the lcs schedule obviously changing as well uh it is now gonna be thursdays and fridays as our regular days and we're having some super weeks mixed in which i believe is gonna be wednesday thursday and friday so we're off weekends we're on to weekdays <laughs> it's at 2 p.m too there was some initially it was going to be noon now it's 2 p.m yeah. uh I yes, think yes, I yes, think yes, for yes, I think yes, for now we're all kind of holding it in. Um, I feel like we're very trepidatious with how these changes are going to go. I'm very cautious because it definitely sucks for a large portion of North American fans, especially West Coast fans. Yeah, um, that you know are longtime viewers that have grown up and have commitments, you know, during the weekdays and and during those times and, and, and won't be able to watch. So that definitely sucks. So um, I'm definitely, you know, scared for these changes. But 
I'm trying to, you know, wait until, uh, you know, it actually explodes and everything's on fire <laughs> to, to, to fully... Uh, yeah, to fully unleash on it. I, I mean, I, I definitely am data driven as much as that's been memed in the last couple months because of like the the changes. Uh, um, but like everybody wants to be data driven, but they're not all both using the correct data or analy analyzing and, I mean, the and thing, interpreting the it in the correct way. Interpretation is the big thing because like collecting data is its own challenge. Actually, yeah. it's really hard to collect good data, and then even when you do get that data, like exactly how they all inter inter like lock and what they each all mean. The biases, that yeah, or like you know. So for example, oh well, people feel burnt out watching LEC into LCS and it's like okay well how many people would not watch if the LCS was not after the LEC yeah, have how many to, like, people hang around yeah like this, these are the complicated questions where like you can take one answer and then ignore another one and then suddenly you're biasing your data or whatever so I'm like you I'm just I want to see what happens I have my hesitations about it I think the 2pm change was one that was really interesting to me because initially the noon change I understood like okay not great for some NA audiences but like we're trying theoretically, to access a new audience. Theoretically, new audience. There's a giant pie the global available. golden hour yeah. of the highest uh, population of English-speaking viewers that are watching League of Legends is 12 PST. online is 12 PST, regardless of day. Yeah, so that's why it made sense. Shifting it to two is a lot better for North American audiences. Still, you know, not great for the West Coast, but people talk about like, oh, well, like 70, I think 70-ish percent of the American population is either East Coast or Central. Yeah. So like, it's, it's slightly better for them. Is it better than the weekend still? I don't know. And this is where like, I'm just curious to see also like what percent is houses for European fans because like I understand we're mostly a North American broadcast but like as someone who does Hotline League we have callers from Europe all the time and like I would feel really bad for a lot of them if this is now at 10 or 11 p.m. for them and they can't watch and they actually do like the LCS it's not just that they stuck around because it was after but they legitimately care and now it's just more difficult for them and so like there's there's a lot of things I'm just curious to see where it goes and I would also bring up that while now LCS will not be on the same day as LEC it is on the same day as ERLs and so if a lot of those European viewers are bilingual, which a lot of English-speaking European viewers like LFL, are, huge. then yeah, exactly. LFL for French audience, absolutely love it. You know, Spanish is also extremely big. So, um, you know, that's why I'm saying we'll see how, you know, we'll see how- We have our concerns. I will be streaming on the weekends though. Now there's no LCS, but they'll be- You know what? They'll be our streams. <laughs> <laughs> on a personal level, I'm actually really sad because I used to go watch matinee movies at 5 p.m. Or I mean, on Fridays in, in yep. the morning. You're the only one that on a personal level is sad about yeah, having wait, weekends I, back. That to me was like the one thing where I was like, well, nah, personally, man. after 10 years of not having my weekends through my 20s, and yeah. <laughs> now I'll have weekends available to like be able to go do stuff. This is, this is my eighth year going into my eighth year of LCS, which kind of like was like, whoa, I've been here for that long. Um, and yeah, I haven't had weekends with, with my wife <laughs> for, <laughs> for a long time. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the weekend. No, man, um, I, I want weekends on. I want to be nocturnal. I love <laughs> the less humans around me at any given point in time, the better. You're not a normal human. Just, just quit your job, move to the woods. I still like convenience a lot, though. <laughs> like, I want to have a 24-7, like, everything open for that nocturnal strength. Yeah, you but know? no one else goes there. Yeah, but no one's, a lot. No, okay. no one's awake. Okay, fair. Yeah, but it'll, it'll be interesting. I mean, I, I think we all have concerns. We all, you know, raise concerns internally. We've all talked about it, uh, you know, on socials and stuff as well. Um, but, you know, at, at this point, I think we're all just focused on making the best product that we possibly can and yeah. uh, cautiously optimistic, hoping that, you know, this, this will work out well for people, hoping that, you know, the change to 2 p.m., um, you know, has a a lot of our, our older fans who, who have been here with us for a long time able to watch and yeah hopefully hopefully my concerns are all wrong and this year kicks ass because i think the league is going to be really exciting to watch so looking forward to that 
Yeah. The usually we're also going to have a big section now where we will talk about the patch changes that are coming up. And I was super excited because this coming patch, 13.2, that's it's a whopper releasing, yeah, tomorrow is is really big. Real humdinger. And it's also very memeable. There's so many good things about this, uh, as well as there are a lot of opportunities to speculate on what is going to be new and broken and new and OP because they're doing a lot of item changes. Uh, and with that comes a lot of unintended, uh, you know, win, win rate changes for champions and stuff as well. But... Uh, because of the social engineering attack on Riot, the there is there is also like we're not quite sure if everything's getting into PBE on time. If you know if if all those changes are going to go through, anyways. And we've got a whopper of an episode with power rankings. Yep. So we will usually hit you know patch hard and talk about you know what's going to be OP and what we're having fun with, but. Uh, but not this time, not, not today, today. Next time. <laughs> so instead, we'll move into power rankings. These are our Split, split you seasonal power ranking. Split you split, yep. split power Everything rankings. Everything is split you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're going to do these the same way we always do them. This is about the end of regular season placement is where we're saying that these teams will end up. Uh, so, you know, maybe slow starts, fast starts. We'll have to talk about all that. We have our individual rankings. We are going to say the uh, aggregate that these teams are ending up at by adding the three of us together. And then there's also a Twitter that our producer got. So we have uh, what people were submitting for what they thought the power yeah. was going to be. And so we have the aggregate for all the Twitter. Uh, yeah, aggregate tons Twitter. of Tons of different. And our producer was like, these are some psycho tier lists that people were making. Like, <laughs> these are some of the craziest <laughs> ones that, that he's ever seen. And he's like, you know, there are a bunch of them that actually just put free SM instead of TSM. And so obviously <laughs> those ones are going to be like 10th or something like that. But in the end, the craziest thing. It all the, washes out. The aggregate of the Twitter tier list is the same as the aggregate of R3. Now, the real question is, is that a compliment to Twitter? Is that, you know, like an insult to us? Is <laughs> it's, that it's, like... the, it's called the wisdom of the crowd. <laughs> all right. It's it's good thing, I think. So if you get like 10,000 random Twitter people to do the dive, it's the same same quality. Yeah. yeah. Isn't is that yeah. an actual thing? Like yeah. experts are usually beaten by like a group of people. There you go. Well, that's usually on social science. Yeah. Social well, let's be honest here. Social science is on science. Does experts really apply here, Mark? <laughs> let's be serious. Okay. Uh, so we're starting at the bottom this time. Normally we're, we start at the top. We're, we're starting at the bottom because these are like very standard. And as we move up, there's actually a lot more arguing yeah, to do. Yeah, eat your vegetables first. Okay. So, you first. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, starting at number 10, it's Immortals. Unanimously from everyone, the aggregate, the three of us, and Twitter. Oh boy, who wants to kick off Why? Well, that's a good, you know, cliffhanger that you leave it on. Uh, Immortals at the bottom here. I mean, basically, if you look at the entire league and how excited our opening was and how I'm talking about this season is so competitive. Oh, my God, it's so exciting. All these new pickups, all this. I can see how all these rosters are working together. And then when you get to the ones at the bottom and they have no thing to latch onto as far as the big exciting change or the the upward trajectory uh, for it to go to i feel like it's it's doing it's that they're doing themselves a disservice I, uh, I know that they actually worked with parth with his yeah consulting C business on getting their coaching staff though so maybe that's the exciting thing to go for is like 
I, I, I'm I, throwing something out there yeah, for you guys. I, I'm letting yeah. it drop. I'm Excited? Not, I, I, yeah. can't, I can't hot potato Excited? that to me. No, no, no. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think... I think having a, a good coaching staff is massively important. Um, the reality is there's a lot of teams, well, I don't know how many you want to say, but there's a couple of teams that like normally wouldn't be in the conversation at all for championships that spent big in this offseason, right? So like dig and fly and so on. Are, or are didn't to even put- have to spend as big because of the uh, change in salaries. Yeah, yeah. So Which has been I feel like that's lot. the biggest equalizer of the playing field. And that's why we got such competitive rosters is total drop and especially top end salaries. Yeah. I mean, there's still a lot of big spenders to be clear. Like from what I heard, FlyQuest and Team Liquid aren't spending yeah. that much below what they had spent before, but it was more that like some of the top tier players. The dollars were, going farther. Yeah, dollars going farther. Team, people who would have held out for a team, I think Jensen last year was, wouldn't have accepted Dig in the same environment, but there's this year, like I just want to play, you know, and ends up on that team since they were able to get some other good pieces too. For Immortals, for me, I like my whole power ranking is like pretty hopium for each team with the firepower that they signed. I'm just assuming everything works out. That's like a consistent tread through my... You're like new shiny stuff. I'm like, all that's going to work. There's no way none of this doesn't work. And for (laughs) Immortals, they just don't have that new shiny thing. The fire, like carry power on this team is is quite limited, I think. There's a lot of players who on another team could be like the piece that rounds it out. So it's it's revenge can be a blaze all of tactical and fleshy. We also should commit our... You know, we don't have as many resources, but we should commit some visuals. So th- there's going to be a visual with <laughs> with the roster of the team that we're talking about. Yeah. Boom. It'll be like right here or something. VR, you can see, you know, Revenge will be dancing Boom. on the table yeah, right there. I'm just, all all I'm saying is there. Mark did that for his power rankings. So I thought we should be able to do that for our power rankings. Yeah, hour and a half long <laughs> Uh, podcast versus a 20 minute <laughs> single thing anyways for me yeah just like it's it's a lot of role players not enough stars and I just don't see how they're going to consistently beat other teams in this league uh, when most of their players are not cracking top five positions if any of them they're going to have to have like someone or multiple people really playing at a, at a much higher level than what we've seen recently yeah. right you know tactical hasn't been I think reaching as high of the highs as some of his earlier career uh, Blaze Olive I think people were pretty like pretty pleasantly surprised with how some of his earlier years were going Going, um, but he's going to have to really like step up to another level. Revenge will have to be a consistent carry threat. Um, Kemby, I think, will have to kind of like reach the, the the hype levels that people had for him when he was initially coming in, right? Kemby on 100 Thieves, uh, when he was on 100 Thieves, I guess it was next, or 100 Thieves Academy, or maybe he was on both. Um, you know, was really, really impressing people, but we didn't really get to see that can be, I think, last year when he came in. So um, these guys are going to, to be, to be honest, just have to step it up to really be able to push up the standings. And I want them to embrace that. I want Immortals to be popping off like they won the world championship when they beat anyone, and they they are like when they beat anyone. They're going they plus bad, ultra. Yeah. I want I want to I want to see Immortals with a win when they have a win. I want them to celebrate. It's like, like Krillin beating Goku. You know, Krillin, <laughs> Krillin earned the pop off. They got they got it. We keep saying, oh man, they're gonna have to surpass their their limits. It's it's actually <laughs> they're gonna do that every time. I want to see a full embrace of that. I thought that. you were gonna go a very different direction. I thought you were gonna be like, I want to see them like you know playing carries and going crazy and like you know like more more just like As play to style. How they they do they get these wins? We leave that up to them. Okay. But when they get them, I want to see a pop-up. It can just be Maokai every game, but then the pop-up. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. Kenvi, no. <laughs> not Maokai, Kenvi. I mean, Ma- Ma- if Maokai is not nerfed, you are playing Maokai every game or it's getting banned every game. Yeah, that thing yeah, is yeah. busto. Uh, we didn't really talk about meta that, but who needs to say anything? It's the exact same as last year. <laughs> well, it's a little bit different, but you can just look at like LCK is basically that. Yeah. That's what every scrim 
It's it's slightly different, but Pog- not not really. Jacksonville Zonias now. That's the change. Ooh, poggers. <laughs> AP. Um, okay, let's move ahead then to our unanimous number ninth. Just like Immortals, everyone had TSM at ninth. The TSM roster is solo, keeping around from last split. Boogie is joining uh, in the jungle position. Then Maple, Neo is the other addition for AD Carry, and Chime. Coach Chowie still. Yep. So I personally, I've always uh, really liked Boogie. Uh, and having Solo on their team from the beginning here for TSM was why I put them over Immortals. So I, I feel like that, that enough right there. Um, I just feel like there's going to be, you know, uh, you know, better Boogie plus Maple synergy. I can see ways where they win. You know, so Solo is always willing to do whatever it takes for the team from top lane. Yep. So, uh, you know, as much as, you know, top lane meta is is changing, they have made top lane more important. Objectively, top lane has more power comparatively than free. Still the least important. So reg- regardless, yeah. Regardless but it's the of, least important by less. <laughs> regardless of people's, <laughs> whatever people's opinions, it gets more golden experience, you know, because they reduce mid lane, they reduce jungle, they reduce bottom lane. Rift Herald is still is still very nice. Uh, Top lane is still a role in League of Legends, we promise you. <laughs> it's still there. But the thing is, like, Solo is not the one to capitalize on that. Like, he's the one to neutralize other people trying to capitalize on, like, the Jax picks and stuff that are kind of prevalent. Renekton right now. is good right now. He could carry his shit out of a game with Renekton, too. So, all, all I'm saying is, that's why I put TSM over Immortals. Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons. I think the the little run that they had towards the end of postseason last year, where they beat a couple other teams in these like grindy best of fives, I feel like even though they've changed some pieces with Spica being gone, obviously, and Tactical, who I think was actually pretty important for that resurgence that they had when they swapped Instinct back for, for Tactical, I still see like a play style where they're like a pretty grindy team. Maybe they take Orin tops. You know, they're playing these like late game scaling, Maple on Azir type stuff, and like they can maybe beat some of these other teams that are. Um, still leveling up, still trying to get there, and like they become this like difficult guy to take down. They just like hang around a lot, but I just don't see the ability to like consistently generate their own leads uh, against a lot of these other teams that we're more excited about. The optimistic angle for me is that like they're one of these teams that punches above their weight class with this like slow controlled game plan where it's like, oh, you fumbled at Baron, great. Yeah, I I definitely had them a little bit. Uh... I guess, wiggly for lack of a better term when I'm making my power rankings, you know, and you have some that you're thinking about, you know, moving up or you down. Wiggly, like, you wiggly, trying to hold a piece of jello. You, 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 know? you, you got the flaccid teams. You it's, got the- it's Jenga, you know, when you're like testing each piece, you're like, oh, this TSO piece. Wiggle. Anyways, um, a Chime had a really good year as well. I, I do like Chime even though yeah. Even though there was a lot of flames around TSM with, you know, in-game, out-of-game, all, all kinds of, uh, of drama, you know, I thought that that was another significantly positive move for them. And one thing, I talked to Shawi, and one thing that he was talking about is that, you know, hey, they, like, they had a limited budget, so one of the things that they really wanted to focus on was actually getting players that they felt are really hungry to win and hungry to prove themselves. Um, so that was one of the things that they were really looking for is that, is, is to find players who who felt that they have been underrated, players who felt that they have been, you know, like overlooked and stuff, uh, who are really trying to kind of like disprove the narrative and disprove um, what people think about them. So I do think that that can be a smart approach. Um, you know, he's talking about about Neo and, and Boogie and, and those guys in particular, he felt like a lot of people were looking at them as like not LCS caliber and stuff and, and feels that they're like really, really hungry to disprove that. So, um, you know, had some positivity about the potential, you know, improvements and stuff that could come through through kind of the drive that they have. What's funny to me is uh, on that point of like the players that feel like they've been underrated. I, 
I just remember that double lift is back now and he was because he was doing flaming you know, exactly yeah. he was flaming a lot of AD carries specifically so it's gonna be so funny to watch whatever the outcome of all these games uh, especially at the beginning you, you uh, just put it in my head I need, I need to make playing. a double lift neo compilation for the first time they play in the LCS to run before the game to like set the stakes for oh, I thought you were gonna say like you know like do like a highlighted rivalry and it's just literally double for every single lady well, I, was like, oh, no. I was like these aren't the only one like tactical like oh well, you know what so good many. point I'll just, I'll just get a flame reel of all double lift <laughs> streams just harassing them uh, I, I think for me the thing for TSM that it's kind of like the subtext for this team is just like I don't know how to say it without sounding like it's flame, but like I, I've been lurking the TSM subreddit and like, I, well, I look at every team subreddit to see how they're reacting to their news. And like, there's been some disappointment from TSM fans that like this was the roster that they got after being basically the kings of the LCS for the first half decade of it. And even the latter half, while they weren't winning, still like every single time, but like showing up and having yeah. good runs and stuff. It was what, 10 or 12 straight finals? It was like 12 straight finals. And then even after that, they still like made a couple finals appearances or I think and they won two of them or something. Yeah. 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 So like, I think for a lot of fans, this is like a little disappointing. Uh, and I, I definitely see that. And I hope that like, you know, people don't just like flame this team for existing <laughs> or at least like the players for existing. Like you can separate team from, from player on it. Absolutely. All right. We got number eight here. Number eight on the power rankings uh, was Golden Guardians. So uh, Golden Guardians looking a, a little bit different this split. But again, it's it's tough to, to kind of compete with some of the, the big people at the top. It's Licorice, River, Gory, Stixay, and Huhi. So for me, I have slight optimism for this team. I've heard some scrum rumors from a couple of weeks ago. They might be outdated now. But what I had heard then was that Gory was actually popping off. Uh, and looked really good. And he, if he is like one of the unsung heroes of the offseason getting signed and like River looks more like Dig River from the beginning of spring last year than Golden Guardians River, which I don't even know, don't know what happened. I do think this team has some potential. Like if you have a good mid-jungle combo, I think Stixe and Huhi are very serviceable in the bot lane. Huhi is a good shot caller. Stixe mm -hmm. is pretty reliable, it feels like. Um, and then Licorice has been hot and cold, but if he hits his peaks again, this team has... I think the ability to do a lot better than eighth, especially if some of the teams above them don't work out. But um, that's a lot of like combos you need to hit, like parlay bets that like this is going to happen. <laughs> like Gory's actually going to be really insane, and River's going to get better, and like da da da, and then that's when you can get above eighth. But like I just don't think all those are going to hit. Yeah, I, I got to talk to uh, Spooks quite a bit, their coach, um, about this team, and, and he seems pretty excited about it. You know, he, he talked about he was kind of pretty honest about you know everything that they had been trying to accomplish, and now what they're trying to accomplish now. You know, he said like after losing the hundred thieves roster, you know they kind of went into this like okay we're gonna go into like a rebuild we're gonna have this like three-year plan to then you know become competitive again and he said like that kind of like failed they weren't really able to to attract some of like the talent that they were hoping that they would have been able to attract and and didn't have some of the the bets that they had kind of like go for pay off um but <laughs> not from the spots they were thinking of but Stixay was a coach and then they're like oh you know what you should be a player and he's coming back as a player now really small uh -huh. tangent I've never heard of a three-year plan that worked in esports. They're fair. Um, <laughs> Just as like everyone's always like, this is my five-year plan. And it's like, well, then there's a recession. And like, yeah. okay, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the point is, he's now, you know, he's, he's now actually really happy with, with where the roster is. Um, you know, River, he was saying, is, is like the best jungler he's ever worked with. You know, he's, he's really, really excited about him. And he said one of the reasons they, he felt like River wasn't able to contribute as much once he actually came to the team at the end of last year was that his English wasn't at the level where it needed to be. Uh, he said he has actually really improved his English quite a bit. 
bit. So he's hopeful that like the communication is going to be better, that he's going to be able to like enable the team a lot better uh, and that he can work really, really well like as a jungle mid um, uh, with Gory. And the other thing is he was saying that um, because who he can also also speak Korean, that he's thinking it's like the core, the core of any team is essentially like mid jungle support. Mm-hmm. And he feels like those those guys will work really, really well together and have been working really well together. Um, another thing that was kind of funny is talking about just like how underrated he feels like who he is because of like how much he's actually bringing into the team and just how impressed he was with as soon as who he joined um, the amount of like leadership he's able to bring the amount of like direction and practice he was able to yeah. bring um, the amount of of like the conflict resolution like just like he's he's you know so impressed by what he's bringing and feels that like he was even pretty underrated as far as like his in-game play so you know like he's feeling really positive and one of the things that he was really emphasizing was it's such an important year for Licorice and Stixie because he feels like they have kind of had this like somewhat unimpressive or not living up to expectations a couple of years. And a lot of that could be put on like, oh, well, they didn't have the pieces around them. And he feels like now they do. And it's like kind of put up or shut up time. So like these guys have got to have like a strong year because they feel um, that the roster around them is more than enough for them to succeed. Yeah. I mean, especially on the the, the gory point, I'm... Very curious to see how it actually plays out on stage because I heard the same things from some of the scrims. Uh, I also heard uh, from some mid laners and mid laners especially have really big egos. And one indirectly was like, yeah, shit on that guy. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> okay, buddy, calm down. You know, it's for like one scrim block or something. Yep. Um, but but Gory is an interesting story because he is one of, I feel like a, a lot of players that he he had a good debut in LCK. Did, did well initially. He even won player of the split in 2021, then went to LPL, yeah, kind of meandering, slowly falls out of LPL, um, you know, bumps to PCS and quickly jumps over here, you know, type, type of thing, which could be good. River has been very amazing for us, uh, you know, so hopefully he can combine with River mid plus jungle. If you have a, a aggressive playmaking jungle, that, that can sometimes just you know, make a, a mid flourish like they wouldn't even before. So I feel like that's where a lot of hopes are as, as much as the story, you know, from coaching is like, yeah, a lot of focus on, you know, licorice and sticks. They got to perform now. We got good pieces. I'm like, okay, well, let's look at what the good pieces can do. Yeah. Mid jungle <laughs> run this team. Right. And and you're talking about how, you know, you had heard like, Oh, like he got blown out by one guy or whatever. Yeah. Like you, you know, but that, that was something that like from everything I've heard and everything I've seen, it's like that this, this guy wants to play aggressive, right? He's not just going to be playing in mid lane for like, okay, just trade waves and trade farm. Like he's going to go at his opponent. Limit. And <laughs> exactly. Like he's that kind of player where he's going to play in their face. Like, you know, like a, like a Jojo Piano or a Jizuke yeah. where he's a little bit crazy. And, if it goes well, he's going to blow him out. And if it goes poorly, he's going to get blown out. So, you know, how how River plays with him is going to be super important. When you have a player that wants to play that hyper-aggressive style, your jungler has got to work well with him. Your support has got to work well with him to be able to enable him to do that so he's not just running it down. I mean, the final thing to say about this is the Golden Guardian staff always memes power rankings because they're like 10th or 8th every single <laughs> yeah. time. So I mean, Golden Guardians looks great this split, tenth place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, hopefully they they can uh, punch above and, and make another video memeing us for being horribly wrong. I think I think they did that to us one one year. CLG's done yep. it before. I, I like when teams do that. Absolutely. All right, seventh place in the power rankings. Some here. disagreement, finally. Some <laughs> very slight disagreement. Uh, we got CLG. Uh, Mark and I have them at seventh, and Kobe has them at sixth. How could you? you Twitter has them at seventh. We're right. I, <laughs> True. I'm I'm actually because I. Uh, as far as far as the degree of of wiggle 
with this team. Yeah, is it a wiggly team? I actually put them is it a firm team. I, I put them at the at the bottom of the wiggle range. So for oh, you guys to have so them, they could, the the bottom yeah. of the wiggle range is six. What's yeah. the top of the wiggle? Well, the top of the wiggle was four. Okay, so it's a small wiggle. It, you have multiple wiggles, like just one through three wiggle too. But stop different... trying to divert the <laughs> conversation from the fact that you put them below the wiggle range, out of the wiggle range, <laughs> and no. down in seven. It's not even after... wiggleable down there, Mark. Answer, answer now. Last year they were amazing. This this team deserves well beyond no the, where you wiggled them. Okay, I'll first off, you mark. first off, my wiggle range goes further than yours. My wiggle range includes seven. Like they're not, out, they're still, they're just like a little. They're just not very. Does wiggle. your wiggle go up to four? They're like a little dried out. <laughs> uh huh. And anyways, why? Okay, so, so here. Last split was not a great split, I think, for the LCS in terms of really great teams. Yeah. I think EG was legitimately very good. 100 Thieves did their classic, like, kind of waffling in the regular season, but were still okay. Team Liquid never came together. C9, even though they won the split, were not good in the regular season. That's that's the entire roster of, like, good teams, and, like, half of them weren't even great during the regular season. So I think CLG benefited from a, a not-super-competitive ecosystem. I do think they were a lot better than we gave them credit for, they also didn't have a big dub to end the year. Like they, they kind of petered out in playoffs. They pushed Cloud Nine pretty hard. They had some three twos. They had some three twos. That they lost. But that they, they lost. Good. Yeah. That's my point, though. It's like yeah. I think the LCS is better. This Cloud Nine won the split, Mark. Yeah, they won the split. So they didn't beat anyone else that lost. Good this. opponent. Good opponent. <laughs> they didn't beat. They didn't beat anyone good. That's my point. They didn't actually win. When like if if you like really want to shut the haters up, they needed to win a big series. They didn't really win a big series. All right. Argument number two from my side. Then uh, I would like to submit. Uh, do you put much value at all in them being the only returning team and being able to build quicker because this is spring yeah. at the end of spring splits and have better results than all these teams that are putting together people that have never played with before? I think this is the trump card. I think this is the wiggliest bit you got me on here is that they should hit the ground running. Even that doesn't mean like they're the best team in the LCS. Like I expect a top five start from them. You yeah. know, I have them seventh ending. I do think that they should be good. If they don't have a hot first couple weeks though, then I'd be like, oh, it's doomed. So you think their seven finish is going to be a five start and like a eight well, like, like nine four, by the end? And, you know, they're doing this. And then, you know, the, oh, the end of the regular season, always there's these tiebreakers. Yeah. And then there's these. You know. All right, you speak for yourself. So, I mean, they, they had a, a strong summer, right? And I do think they like way overshot, um, you know, my expectations for them. They disproved a lot of people, myself included. Um, but at the end of the day, they were one game above sixth. And, you know, and I think Dignitas, who was, who was a 10th place team in summer, got like massively better, right? So there's, there's more competition. That's kind of the way I'm seeing it um i do think that there is flexibility like i i would not be shocked to see them go up to like probably fifth i i saw it more as like a fifth to seventh type team um and you know in top four feels like a, a, a little bit more solid but maybe some of those teams could, could kind of flex but i don't see them as like a championship contender um i see them as as like a, a lower tier playoff team um, that like, you know, if they're playing really well, I think a fifth would be a really great season for CLG. Um, you know, if they, if they get 10 wins, they get fifth place. That's a really good season, I think, for these players, unless there's some like meteoric development from them, right? I think that they showcase like a, a lot of talent. They showcase that these are all solid um, players that like are LCS worthy. Um, but there's a lot of, of carry threats coming into the league, right? There's a lot of big imports coming into the league that are going to be very difficult to compete with. And I'm just not sure that CLG like consistently has the firepower to kind of take down the biggest teams. I don't like to link scrims very often. So I'm not going to say who the opponent was, but a last year, I can't even say the rankings because anyways, one of the best top laners of last year uh, gave up. Uh, Dokla had a 22 kill uh, game. <laughs> 
counterpick uh, into it, I but mean, he's got they've got carry power. Okay, yeah, I, no, I'm no, just saying. Sorry. No yeah. one's ever said that Dokla couldn't carry games on like his Yone games or whatever. Like they, or Palafaker. Or so like yep. so to, 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 to Zale's point, I think for me, I don't see a world where this team wins a championship. Whereas the other yep. six teams above them, even if it's very slight, I can see like Dig somehow winning. Or if something. it all comes together, yeah. If it all comes together, yep. for even for CLG, even with everything coming together, they they don't quite rise to. A championship team in my mind. That's how I see it. That that's why they're kind of like the the ceiling feels a little capped compared to the others. But like the development can still go on. Like Palafox was borderline top three for me. Like I felt bad I didn't give him an all pro nod last split. If he can come in here with this much stronger champ uh, mid pool, which was even at the start of last year, we're like mid pool kind of weak. Eh? Uh this time no one's saying that. So like if he can still be a borderline top three mid in this. Pool, I will be very impressed. That would take a big level up, though, I think, yeah. because the competition is getting harder. Yeah, that's right? what I'm saying. If, but if he can do that, then I think they can punch yeah. above seventh again. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, if, if he can develop into that, if Doka continue the like the rate of improvement that he had, and you have some really strong soul laners that are like swinging with the best of them, then yeah, like I do think this becomes like a, a fifth team, or maybe maybe they can go even higher. But um, you know, the teams above, I, I definitely saw as as if everything works out, they got championship threat. So moving on uh, to unless you have anything else. We're good. Uh, okay, so six for sixth we had Diggy. Dignitas. Uh, this one you had them one lower, we had them one higher. Uh, do you want to start on Dig? Yeah, hater. Dig, yeah. yeah, yeah, hater. Yeah, yeah. You guys obviously don't feel passionate. Talk, or, talk your you shit. obviously oh. don't no, no, feel no, no, passionate. No, no, no. I don't know. I have to defend, their, I'll I'll say defend their honor. You've got neither of you have it. <laughs> okay, go ahead. So, so uh, it's uh, it's Armut, uh, Santorin, Jensen, Spawn, and Ignar, and also for CLG. Uh, it's returning roster, so we didn't say that, but Dokla, Contracts, Palafox, Luger, and Poom. And so uh, I'm assuming you guys put them over because of name power, which Palafox already proved. Narrative power. Nothing. <laughs> of, of purely signing Jensen? Like, what are you, you guys latching on to? Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go then. Okay. Here's, here's what I'll say. Santorin is one of the best junglers in the LCS. Every split, no matter who is around him, it's always top three. Even when he's not the actual third all-pro or something, like it's not because he played bad. It's because like there were other great junglers in the LCS. Jensen and him have worked well together on Team Liquid. I expect them still to be a very good mid-jungle 2v2. I think Armut has his problems, and I know that people kind of meme him for just like, oh, he has... Nars playable right now, but Dino, how long will it be playable? His, Wukong's his, due for some nerfs. I don't know, guys. His <laughs> champ pool is great. He has Dino Nar and this the skin Nar, you know, like... Gentleman Nar yeah, yeah, and yeah. Galaxy Nar. I, I get it, but he is still actually a very good player, um, even with the champ pool issues, and I think that he will be able to make plays happen in the top side, not consistently, but like, get that done. And I think the bot lane's getting really slept on when I see people talk about it online, because Ignar has not looked great recently. And like the one or two times Spawn stepped in, like he was subbed up a couple times last year. It wasn't great, but that Dig team was like. But Dig was tenth place team. They were yeah, they were trash. And like yeah. he, he was one of the better eighty carries consistently in Academy. And I think Ignar to me, he's one of these like almost like a jungler where junglers look as good as the team that they're on sometimes. Where it's like, well, I just can't make great plays because my lanes are constantly losing. Ignar is like, I'm gonna try and win us the game right here. And if the game's not winnable, he just ints. But he still goes for the play. Yeah. And he's been on bottom tier teams. And so I think this team will be better than that and he can still make big plays and like I think Spawn's fine like as a secondary cleanup carry when you have a good mid jungle and a kind of 
explosive topside potential. And I, and I think that's kind of what Spawn is, right? Like Spawn was like a guy who, who was more known for his team fighting and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's something that I know that Dingtoss sees that like they think he can develop into like one of these really strong team fighting ADs. Um, but I mean, I'm kind of betting on some of like the inbuilt synergies. Uh, Santor and Jensen worked together on TL. Uh, Ignor Santorin worked together on FlyQuest when they got to to the finals. Um, these guys have played together. You know, I still see Jensen as like a big carry threat. Um, Armut, I mean, that like there are concerns about about his champion pool. Everyone's going to meme that, but I know like the explanation that that Dig has and um, the way that they see it is that this was kind of like what his team asked for him. They they wanted him to play something that could survive on his own that can also engage. And his most comfortable with that was was Nar and, and Wukong. Don't forget Orn. Yep, there you go. Uh, they feel that like he can play he can play the carries though. And um, Enetron, their coach, also worked with him uh, in the TCL before on a roster with Closer. Um, and and back then he was playing like a lot more carries. So like they feel confident that he can kind of like open up his playstyle and be a little bit more diverse. Uh, but I I have a lot of confidence in Jensen and Santorin. Like that's like my main thing that I, mm-hmm. I'd be betting on is I think that they have the potential to be like a really strong uh, mid jungle duo. I still think Jensen is one of the premier mid laners in the league. So yeah. um, that leaves me with quite a bit of faith in this team, like performing well. I like pressing all of these points because as we're moving up the standings and already six, seven is already yeah. the time to start pressing with the LCS rankings this year because it has gotten so much more competitive. This is definitely one of the teams that benefited from the drop in top end salaries. And you kind of alluded to it earlier, you know, Jensen, but Santorin as well was without a team for a while. Uh, and it, it's, it, it the offseason didn't really, until they kind of all jumped at the same time, was like, oh, okay, you know, if he's playing, then I'll play them, t- type of chain reaction thing. And they, this is definitely one of the teams that did. I think it's interesting that we said so much great things about this team, and we're like, yeah, six, bottom half team. <laughs> you know, like, I think it's competitive. It's yeah. hard. But also the champion pool issue. So it's not as stark with all the other players, but Jensen throughout his career has always taken a while to pick up a new champion to fully add to the roster yeah you know as as metas change i feel a little bit like that with you know several of these players i feel this team is good but one area that if we're doing like those stat bar graphs for each team adaptability i feel like this team would be yeah lower than the other ones it's a little indent there but i mean like them then the the meta is like Pretty, pretty standard stuff. Mid lane is like there's an outcry right now. So you know the balance team doesn't take those lying down because there's such a big outcry now. I foresee there being very big changes, and we're already getting sweeping item changes in in next patch. So Uh, the other thing that I know that uh, Dingtoss is really emphasizing that they were really happy with is that like the atmosphere that Armut brings to the team is that like this is more he's really funny guy and like really high energy and that this is more like lower energy people um you know on the team so it's like they wanted someone to kind of like be able to like you know bring things up when people are are a little bit down and stuff so um that's really cool for armut and and like a lot of the coaches uh, including dig you know that i was talking to are pretty excited about kind of just like Yon slash Spawn coming into LCS as kind of like a next generation type thing. Um, Johnson, I guess, is going back to university. Danny's taking this year off slash doing whatever. Um, so like, you know, these are now kind of like the new young ADs that are coming into the league that have potential, they think, to, to kind of like, you know, be those those next big guys and make their own kind of names for themselves. Yeah, speaking of new AD carries coming into the league, number five, 100 Thieves, this young guy, double lift. Lots of people excited after killing it in Champions Queue and Solo Queue. Everyone's excited to see this guy. 
finally what he can do in pro play. I yeah, I think you should continue speaking on this team, Mark, because you put them the highest of any of us. He everyone, put them third. This is a huge jump. Everyone put we them both fifth. Put them. Yeah. Cowards. So here's the roster. It's Tenacity, Closer, Bjergsen, Doublelift, and Busio. So they're going the EG kind of strat. Two young guys, pair them with veterans. Let's hear your uh, argument for third. And, and let it be known they're getting shit on in scrims right now. <laughs> Let it be known. Currently, they're currently I, watching I, scrims. I, I, this included that, right now. I included that in my calculations. I expect this to be a slow starting team for a number of reasons. Okay. Obviously, Bjergsen and Doublelift getting back together. Doublelift has to knock off all the rust. I thought the Bjergsen hate last split was like a little overstated. I understood where it come from, came from, that like people are just kind of sick of him and like coming back and like Team Liquid as a whole was kind of hated as a super team kind of thing. And he took a lot of the brunt of that. But like, I still thought he was easily top three mid in the LCS. Yeah. I mean, once you build up enough, then there's always going to be that, you know, yeah. section that's... Like, I, I get the pushback on him. Also him leaving TSM, I think was a big part of it. A lot of, a lot of fans, I think, felt kind of like maybe betrayed by that you know yeah but to your point earlier from both of you the mid lane pool got a lot stronger now yep. and yeah so I, did he get a lot stronger i i think he he'll he, he takes the game pretty seriously grinds pretty hard has a really good mindset so like if he gets pushed i expect him to rise to to the challenge not like fall beneath it i think double hats has ramp up time i think part of the hundred thieves consistent slow starts that they have in the regular season or like the kind of like drop games that they shouldn't be dropping is a little bit on closer because he's such like a clutch rise to the moment player and then you're rising to like what <laughs> you know in the regular season uh, I think that like he unlocks a new gear in the in the playoffs and that's why he's been to three straight finals hello three straight finals so, you're, <laughs> so you're saying in order to have the narrative of rising to the occasion later you have to set the bar no low no no, no. Early. I'm saying why <laughs> no I'm saying that they will have a, they will have a slow start listen to me they will have a slow start and I'm not worried about that like if this team is like seventh at the end of week three I'm not worried because 100 is also consistently goes on like 10 game win streaks on the latter half of the season to finish number one number two number three in the regular season yeah and what's your uh take on tenacity since we didn't get to see him at all playing behind no, someday game, and they were like you know what someday is playing too well sorry buddy I, so like i will say that the the part that i'm a little bit maybe shy on is is the new young talent i, I think that they'll be good i was watching busio stream he seems I, I have a lot of faith in him tenacity on an island i don't know how much help he'll get with like double if always being kind of resource intensive you know like i, I think he'll kind double of if will tell you that he's willing to play any style and then double if will call him. for six ganks in 10 minutes but you know <laughs> When we used to scrim double lift, dude, it was so troll. It was like, you have to go bot. Like, I mean, he's evolved a lot as a player since then. But like, I, I think he still is like a more resource. Like, I don't expect Busio to be like roaming topside to like set up ganks the way Core JJ does that kind of stuff. And maybe, maybe he will. But maybe one of his best champions is Pike. This man's gonna be. Uh, anyways, we'll see how it plays we, we out. We don't know. We don't I, know. This I, is I, the point. I find it funny because I was also really excited for Busio. It, the show match, maybe, or the. What did we even call that thing? The, season kickoff. The season Zuma kickoff. Boomer Doomer. That was like two weeks ago. Yeah. Maybe it was like ranked season kickoff or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was the ranked season kickoff, not the LCS season kickoff. Yeah. Not confusing. It was funny uh, because we had Sven there also. And, <laughs> not a good look. And he, yeah, he was he was obviously like, it was really hard not to point out a yeah. lot of these missteps, um, but it made it that much more funny. And they're having the first, first yeah. matchup as yeah, well. Yeah. So like, I, I think the young guys will need some time to rank up into the LCS. I think double flow of a slow start. I think closer sometimes has slow starts. I think all that will be 
fine though in the back half of the season after they've grinded a fair amount I think all these guys are like very very good and that's why I have confidence to reach third by the end of the regular season and like you will not scare me about this team's potential until like week seven if they're like floundering so. yeah well and, and Hunter Thieves is like all in kind of on, on Busio they, they're saying like you know kind of Busio is, is their like franchise guy like that that's like their guy that they are are really kind of betting on now um, you know and obviously there was like a they made a video about this with uh, John Robson who I can't remember his actual position but like talking about like you know the ecosystem in esports and, and changing of like uh, budgets and he's all, something all these at things. the top. He's, he's one of the top guys. <laughs> GM-ish, he's, ownerish. He's, I think he's he's definitely over. He's definitely over. Yeah. He's one of sorry, the founders. Sorry, John. Uh, I know he often watches this, so he'll be like, "Hello, you, idiot. you, you forgot." <laughs> um, but no, but he, he made a, a video about it, and and um, I talked to Jungle Juice, their GM, and he was also talking, you know, pretty pretty openly about like things were changing, uh, obviously in, in the space and with budgeting and everything. And it's like a lot of people are doing multi-year contracts, their three-year contracts, and the way that it's often structured is the third year is the most expensive a lot of their players were on the third year of their contract so it just didn't make sense to keep all these players you know at that premium price um and they didn't think that they were going to be able to build a roster like this yeah. but double if came to them and he's like i want to win right and double if basically was able to sell to 100 thieves that like he's here to win he is completely driven by by his competitiveness and basically he doesn't give a fuck about how much money he makes because he made a ton of money streaming and he he wasn't here for the money he just is coming to compete and so like they had a lot of respect for that i think that's really really cool as well um that's what allowed them to build this roster that is pretty star-studded because doublelift wasn't charging them an arm and a leg and once they got doublelift Bjergsen wanted to play with Dublift. That's where he wanted to go so this guy wanted to you know play with him and that's what brought him in um they had a lot of faith in in their guys who had come up through their system uh, with Tenacity and Busio. So that's obviously not going to be super expensive. Closer was already there. You know, that's maybe the most expensive piece. I don't know. Bjergsen's maybe kind of expensive too. I don't know. Um, but like, this is a roster that on paper in previous years, you'd be like, oh my God, this is one of the most expensive rosters in the league just because of the, the kind of middle three. Um, but, you know, they're able to come together because they are coming back to win. They're willing to kind of like sacrifice on some of the salary because they are really, really driven. So that's I, my favorite part of this team, yeah. by the way. Uh, that, that, that to me, even just this thing, because Doublelift has been very outspoken. He's like, I am not getting the bag coming coming back, everyone. Yeah. Like there, there is no illusion here. Yeah. And it's and he all for care. love of the game game yep. and, and and the competitive drive and and i think it, it's really awesome because you know that that's why i wonder it's like you know you're talking about oh double if always wants all the gangs and all this stuff and so i wonder like is this is this going to be the same double if right will it be a mindset shift because he's been out for a while and that does change your perspective when you when you take a step back and for he while. was very outspoken about that specific issue of it not being not being an issue so i know i hope someone like shows shows that to him because he was very outspoken about like that's I, not true like I, I will play any style I, I watch i watch the vlog uh, that they put out where it was like on his phone or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. i watch it i mean like the, the reality is also like i don't even think it's a bad thing to be clear when i when i say no, like it's not yeah like i i like players with defined play styles and double if even when he's not been the hands down best laning 80 carry in the league he has shown that if you give him gold even not just in the he early game, but fight. he he wins games. Yeah. And so, like, I have no problem if it's Tenacity on weak side and double if saying, give me the rock. Like, Bjergsen's a great supportive mid laner. Like, yeah, that's not how they won in 2020, but they also have a ton of other titles. And, like, I think people really tunnel on that 2020 championship where double if wasn't at his best and was, like, beginning, like, you know, he had a, a rough spring split that split too. But yeah. like, I don't think that that's indicative of who he's going to be this entire year, even if he is a little slow to start. So like, I, I will say though, I don't want them to go straight to that. 
right? I yeah. want them because Tenacity is also like a, a carry player guy, right? Like he's a guy that, that likes to play aggressive, that wants to go for solo kills, that wants to play in their face, and that demands attention. So I think it's if you just like abandon ship and like from day one, he's just playing Maokai every game and like Orn and stuff, I think that's troll, right? Like I think they should be experimenting with different play styles. At the end of the day, if playing topside isn't working, they're probably going to give all the gold to doublelift and see if that works, right? Um, but I do think there's time for that later. I don't think you need to start with that. You have these young players, don't stunt their growth, see if they can be aggressive, see what playstyles can work, and if you can really be an adaptable team. Because I know that's one of the things they're also really excited about is the fact that Tenacity and Busio are going to get to learn from Closer, Bjergsen, and, and doublelift. They have the two most successful people ever from this league, like the GOAT discussion is those two players. They're both on the team. So what better opportunity for these these young prospects to learn than from the two people who have won everything? Well, it sounds like you guys are bought in then. I changed your minds. Third place, right? That's why what I was going to say to him. Why are you guys hating that? That's what I was going to say to him. Like, you're getting real positive on it. Why did you put these other teams above 100 Thieves? Then? Because I, I don't necessarily have faith that Doublelift is going to come in and play at the same level that he was able to before, right? Like, I think that there is going to be that, that adjustment period. From the things that I've seen, I think he's still a really strong player. Maybe he'll get back to that level, but I, I think that the the top 80s in the league, the guys like the Princes, the Berserkers, and so on, are going to be a tier above where Doublelift is, right? And I think that if their, their way to win is through team fighting and stuff, and you're outclassed by some of these new ADs in those roles, I think that's really, really difficult. I also don't think that there's any guarantee that um, Tenacity and Busio are, are going to hit the ground running and, and be to their, their top level right away, right? And if they're having struggles and Doublelift isn't able to just kind of like drag them across the finish line or whatever, Bjergsen, it's been a while, even though I was like a pretty big Bjergsen fan last split and and had him, I think I was maybe one of the people that had him highest in all pro out of us. Um he hasn't been the like solo carry guy in a long time. So I start to worry that it's like, okay, if, if Tennessee and Busio are clicking from day one, if Doublelift is, has lost the step, who's like, who's the guy who's going to carry every game, right? And that's where I start to think that they may be picking up a lot more losses. I could, if, if this team, if everything works out, their wiggle is to a, to a championship, right? Like They wiggle their yeah, way right they wiggle up. wiggle their way right up to a trophy. This is something I want to bring up early is that the wiggle for me, for all of the top five, the top end the goes up to the trophy. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. how stacked the top five is. And the defining... But Dignitas can't wiggle that high for you? Nope. No. Nope. The defining feature for why I had 100 Thieves fits, because I, I also, yep. to, to your point, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm a hater as well. Yeah. Starting even with the, the, the next up, Team Liquid, spoiler, no, number four, is that all of these teams are putting in so much effort already just grinding so insanely hard. And if 100 Thieves do have one of those slow starts, I don't know if there's time for them to be able to catch up with how crazy everybody is going. Team Liquid, just so you know, is doing, you know, we start the show, comp people complaining and voting against the two blocks of three scrims. Team Liquid, just on their own, are doing three blocks of three scrims. They're having a night KR scrim that goes till like 2 a.m. or something. Uh, actually, they're, they're, they have mandatory solo queue after their third block that goes till 2 a.m. So they do the first two blocks, then they have another three block. Uh, I forget it, the exact times for their whole schedule, but it goes to like midnight or something. And then they have mandatory solo queue that's after that, which I assume is going to change to mandatory champions queue once Marn plays in solo queue. And it's like, oh, you know what? <laughs> Everybody play in champions queue now. Um, and, and and that just goes to speak for the structure again is gonna they brought in Marin as well just because they wanted to implement this we are going to outwork 
everyone in the league. We are going to work so effing hard. We're bringing in Marin to replicate T1 lifestyle. And they're actually doing that. They are working all day. He only gives them eight hours for sleep. And then their schedule is like right back up. It, it's actually kind of crazy hearing. And they've, they've kept up with it right now. Plus, whenever I look in the Champions League Discord, at the beginning when people were playing, to your point about Core JJ leading culture for this team, he had everybody in Team Liquid in there. It was the Champions League games that did get played were literally all TL and a smattering of like a few odd pros from random other teams yep. or whatever random, you know, couple of, of amateurs had been able to get in by now. It was crazy that they were almost like just more TL internal scrims. So... The fact that this whole organization, not just the LCS team, their academy team too, is so fully dedicated to this outwork everyone. Marin is at the top. He's going to run it like T1. And, and they also have Rainover to be strategic coach. To me, I was just like, I hope that they even do better than I put them at fourth. Because I want that to be you know, I, this shining example of everybody has been, always been complaining about, you know, work more, work more, work more lazy. This team is not lazy. This team is literally only sleeping, only has eight hours off. Exactly. They're working literally the maximum. Eh, in Korea, you can sleep for four hours. <laughs> I watch Piglet. No, no. It's not. It's like they have eight hours yeah. off and it's like, maybe they don't sleep for those eight hours. <laughs> yeah, they only yeah. sleep four of them, but like they have three of those of those three blocks plus the mandatory. So I guess this is a good time to transition officially to Team Liquid. Do yep. we, we do yeah, that? Yeah, we already kind of did that. Yeah, you, yeah. You can read out the whole roster. Yeah, I'll, I'll read out the roster. It's Summit, uh, Pioshik, world champion uh the two young guys harry and uh ayla or excuse me yawn coming up from the team liquid academy squad and then of course core jj still marin the coach we uh, have world them. champion if you're saying world championships we might as well say 2015 marin yeah, yeah i guess that's core true. jj also core jj also i guess you've, you've got a couple of world yeah, champions there's a couple there. there there's three remember one year at a time unanimously <laughs> fourth by all of us why? Because we're memers. <laughs> only, yes. el only the elderly will remember this team look at fourth meme. Yeah. But <laughs> um, so I mean, I want to talk a little bit more of like on long lines of what Kobe's talking about because I do think it's really interesting, right? You know, um, there was so much emphasis on on also like on the work ethic, but also one of the things that you know uh, Dodo was talking about that he felt a lot of Koreans. Uh, who got imported didn't perform at the level that they were expected to because they had such like a culture shock, not just of of like moving to America, but on how the teams were run, right? And how things are done very differently, whether it's like how they do their reviews, how they interact with teammates and coaches and stuff. Sentiment, like negativity bred when you watch people not work what you thought was the right amount. Exactly, right? So they clearly, that was really what they focused on. You know, they talked about their failures last year, not winning any titles, not making it to Worlds. And they decided instead of going for like the, the necessarily the biggest names to go for people who like are all bought in on the same kind of like work ethic and the same kind of approach. Um, Another thing that was that was really, really emphasized is that, you know, Summit, obviously, like, no one is going to doubt this guy's talent, what his peak is. He came here, he won the MVP, he crushed, he flopped in playoffs. <laughs> and people will talk about his champion pool issues. Marin was a, a world championship top laner, right? This is a guy who can who can coach him specifically on top lane and help him to learn those different play styles. So that's something that they're really excited about as well. Um, it's also, like, interesting to me because they want to work really, really hard, but they're also hoping that they can be that kind of, like, 
change in the LCS culture and and prove that this is the way to do it is that everyone needs to buy in and work really hard. Why I'm I'm like maybe less uh, bought in on on like a first place or whatever because this is because their their carries are going to be both like rookies, right? It's it's Jan yeah. and Harry, so there's no guarantee that these guys are going to be you know performing at that top level from the word go. I think that's going to be the big concern for everyone. Where I have no concerns is is that it seems like from everything I've heard, they're all fully bought into it. You know, you talk about mandatory solo queue, but one of the things that TL was telling me is that they didn't have to enforce literally anything because the players are like just having so much fun working with other like-minded individuals who are also bought in on it that they, he, you know, Dodo was saying he'd be leaving at like 1 or 2 a.m., and everyone's still there hanging out and they're all just chatting and reviewing games for fun and, and playing. And they're like, you know, trash talking each other, doing whatever, right? Like they're all, um, whoever finishes at the lowest LP every day has to buy everyone coffee the next day and stuff. Oh, that reminds me so of like old TSM, like you have to take out the trash, you put the trash bag on shit, yeah. you know, so it, like, it's oh, like, I love that stuff. Like, I just think it's great. Like it sounds like kind of that, that old school gaming culture where it's, it's like everyone is so bought in, everyone is so passionate. And he was just really excited about the fact that they weren't having to enforce anything because the players all wanted to do this. Even beyond that, I can literally even one-up it more. Jake told me last night, he's Spawn is the academy coach. They had one off day. They have, they have had no off days up until now. They have an off day coming up. Jake had a talk with the academy. This is the academy team. He had a talk with the academy team in the morning about burnout already because uh, just, just warning them, you know, and, and cautioning against it. And he's like, okay, so I have scheduled scrims for our off day. Do you guys want to take an off day or do you want to do scrims? And they all, they all were like, F off days, let's scrim more. I was just like, to the point of like, they're having fun with it. They're even opting for more. So we'll, we'll see, because I'm very excited to have this element in the LCS and put it up against the others because it also puts more, if they do surpass for it, if they, you know, exceed our expectations, oh my goodness, we're going to have so much, uh, yeah. especially especially for, for Harry and Jan yeah. coming up. They put in so much work in Academy. They destroyed Academy. Team Liquid Academy, they, they shit on Academy. See what they can do in LCS. And, and you know, with this with this structure, I mean, these guys want to make MSI, but they TL is looking at themselves way more as like a summer team. Yeah, that, that's how I feel. And one of the reasons they're a little lower for me, yeah. I will say this at excitement four. that we all seem to have. This is the team I'm most excited to watch. They don't necessarily have like my favorite people in the league. Where I'm like, I individually hope you, you hate them all. Yo, that's effed up. I, yeah. just, like, I mean, like half of them I don't even know. You know, it's like the first time they're really in the LCS, other than Core JJ, who obviously we all love. But like on a just a team uh, level, how do we? Me and Azale rank as far as favorite people. So my, what I was saying with this is that <laughs> Team Liquid, yeah. I have the most like invested like viewing of them. Like I want them to be great for this reason. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you guys have a favorite team other than Team Liquid? Because like they're my favorite team, though maybe not like. So I, I, I mean, favorite as far as like you want them to succeed or. Well, you just like favorite like to watch. Yeah, favorite to watch. Favorite to like you want like if you could pick, like any obviously you have oh, your power ranking, but like who do you think you want? I'm most excited to watch FlyQuest if that's what you're talking about. Favorite team, like I'm because I just want to see how. Like, I want to see how Prince does really more than anything. Like, I was such a Prince fan. We, we may go into specific okay, reasons. Yeah. I'm just yeah. wondering. I always find that really difficult to answer because I'm friends with players on all, all the teams. Yeah, so many. And so, like, yeah. I have interesting things to watch for on, on all of them. So Kobe loves all his children equally. I wouldn't... Spoken like a true parent. It's difficult. Final reasons I'll say for fourth place for me is that even the veterans on this team have, like, little question marks. You hit on the summit champion pool one a little bit and like when he got hard targeted I think there were a lot of things going on with that team that does make me super concerned but Pioshik he is a world champion jungler he can be very very good summer 
in 2022 was not great. He was getting subbed out for Zhuhan. He can be very streaky. Um, he does have what feels like metas that favor him a little bit more when it is a little bit more carry-oriented. It does seem to be more his play style. Um, so I don't think that this is like... The, the veterans are great, don't get me wrong, but it's not like they're just like goats of all time. Even Core last year. People, yeah. ha people had a lot of questions about Core and there were some individual games that he was getting a lot of flack for. Um, but I, I do think the Piercic thing is cool because it's like he's coming in as a, as a defending current, world champion yeah. and people are still like, eh. He was for sure the most criticized person on the, on the world championship team. Like not even close. But he also um, is, I feel like, because people were talking and giving the the song uh, pickup credit for like oh he's gonna bring over the 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 culture I'm like actually I think nobody would encapsulate that more than Deft or Pioshik like yeah. if you actually were able to get one of those two and they did as far as the, the the culture of the the actual world championship winning team bringing over and and transplanting that and from all accounts he has been adapting extremely well is super super funny is doing great yeah, things for their content both. already yeah, yeah, yeah. is uh, they're already like oh, our content is the best it's ever been uh you know with the with this guy so uh very excited to see where where that I, goes i also straight up asked tl like you know what they thought because a lot of people are immediately like oh, okay this guy just won the world championship and now he's coming to na it's like time for time to grab a paycheck right um and and they're saying like that like he's actually super motivated to essentially like have success here and play against his former teammates internationally because he feels like underestimated and he wants to prove that like, no, like we, I wasn't just like along for the ride, right? Like yeah. I was, I deserve that championship. Like I was a big reason that we won. And so apparently he has a little bit of a fire under his ass to like be able to, to do really well without his former teammates and show like, no, it's me too. Yeah, I mean, even like the the way he got to Team Liquid, if people didn't follow the drama in the offseason between like him and like Deft and Doinbee and like there was just like how DRX kind of broke apart. There was just like a lot of drama that went down. So I think very true that a lot of the veterans were getting doubted last season, even Summit a little bit with like how he busted out in NA and took the MVP and went <laughs> went away, you know, like uh, Core JJ. Yeah, so like I think we all agree that this team by summer, we'll probably be much higher than four, but like we're maybe a little hesitant on the. Yeah, start. he literally got ganked out of of NA. Closer. It, it Closer was not a champion. It was not a. It was not a champion pool issue. It was a. Everyone is literally just targeting him, ganking now. Uh, anyway, that that's a whole, probably a discussion for you know one of the games that we have with them. Yeah. But I just thought that scenario was so interesting. Literally, our our MVP right now became the person. And it's all these, all competitive games are also mental games and they just target you over and over and everyone, anyways. Moving on to Summit's previous team that uh, we were just talking about. Uh, it's Cloud9 coming in at third. This is the one with the most variance in any of our rankings. I had them fifth because I'm a hater. Azale is in Yeesh. love with them at second. And then Kobe is riding the line with Twitter at third. Kobe's not sure he's ready for commitment. I feel like five is a pretty big jump from the rest of us. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially because you have no wiggle below fourth. You say only top four can win championship. No, he said five. five. Oh, excuse me. My mistake. We, he, we, put... we wiggled to six. He oh, okay. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. I knew we had a different wiggle line. I, I apologize. Yeah. You, you, for you the... specifically asked me if Dig could. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Do you, okay. have, do you, have, you have Dig wiggling in? I think they could wiggle. <laughs> okay. All right. As, yeah. as the believer and as the hater, who wants to go first? And then Kobe can preside as judge. Okay. Okay. Do you want to um, go first? Yeah, sure. Well, you can go first. Let's, let's hear your hate. Uh, Diplex. <laughs> I, I have not heard great things in scrims yet about him. Uh, heard it's been a little bit of a struggle. I think the um, 
concern. <laughs> Someone described him as a German ablaze olive to me, which was like, ooh, I don't know about that. And I think Cloud9 does deserve some credit for the scouting department. They almost never like whiff on their scouting. It, it usually works out pretty well. So I understand that this might be looking very dumb and Jack will meme me uh, in the end of playoffs or something. But I think that does uh, concern me a fair amount. I think you saw how important Jensen kind of was to that team. Yes, Fudge did go back top. Uh, and I think he was much better there than mid. But, um, you know, it took some time to get rolling, but then eventually they won the, the championship. Sven coming in for Winsome. There were a lot of things that made that summer team better, mm -hmm. but they were not like dominating and then they got really hot at that specific meta, which I think is understated for why they won that championship by a lot of people. Fudge was the only one who could play Fiora in the carries at an acceptable level at that time period. Um, it was the perfect Zeri, Yumi, horrible ass bot lane meta. And I know that is it right now, but like going across the whole season for power ranking, you know, like I expect the meta to change. And it was like, oh my God, AD carry is the most important position in the game right now. And it's like, great, we have the best AD carry in the league right now. Perfect. And I think I think the meta worked out super well. Zven did not have to play engagers. Again, that's not what it is right now, but I expect the meta to shift. Hopefully, as we're talking about designers doing stuff, I think there's a lot of things about this team that are um, a little bit concerning to me. If Zven can adapt, uh, the more or more difficult bot lane meta with Prince and other people coming in, uh, the more difficult mid lane position that we talked about for Diplex. I have a lot of faith in, in Blabber. I think he has looked good with every mid laner he's played with, even with perks when like the synergy wasn't great. Like it still looks pretty good. So like I, I think this team will be top half of the league, but I just I I guess I'm a hater in the sense that like they were the best team at the end of summer in that specific meta. I don't know if I would make that case for them being great in summer overall though. Yeah, it's interesting. So uh, it's funny because like you talk about, oh, you know, the meta and everything. Look at the changes that are coming for ADCs, right? Two, two item, uh, IE, AD carries. Like that feels like that's screaming team fighting. That's mm -hmm. screaming um, playing that sort of style, even if it's not Zeri Sivir, which, which, like is the meta right now and Lucian Nami and stuff. It's literally the same as when uh, Berserker was dominating before. But like, I have so much faith uh, a in Cloud9 scouting because every time I've doubted their scouting, I always lose bets. I, I never learned my lesson because I bet against them every time when they're bringing these new players that I don't have a lot of faith in, and they always have proved me wrong. So I am giving a little bit of benefit of the doubt here um, that Diplex is going to perform, you know, at a pretty high level. But even if he doesn't, I have so much faith in in the other four members. You know, I do think Sven uh, doesn't necessarily get enough credit. Um, I still think he was pretty solid on engage supports at Worlds. I think that you know his range support play and stuff was already really good. There's also like a lot of marksman supports that are really popular right now that I think he's going to be the best in the league at because he has so many years playing as a marksman. Um, I think the meta is super bot focused and my expectation is that with the ADC changes coming in, the itemization changes, it's going to be even more bot focused, which just makes me feel like any team with Berserker is going to do really good things. Um, Blabber and Fudge, I have confidence that they can succeed in, in really any meta. So um, to me, there's not a lot of unknowns about this team. It's really just Diplex. Um, but I am kind of like de defaulting a, a bit more uh, to trust. I had not heard nearly as negative things about Scrims as, as maybe you had heard. Uh, I heard, heard he was doing fine. Maybe someone's just a hater too. Maybe I got bad. I had heard he was doing fine. Um, I haven't heard a ton more than that. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's it's going to be a bot lane meta and Berserker's going to The one small nugget I'll throw in for the bot lane meta point, because I, I do agree, um, but again, the same way mids were not great, I think bot lane kind of fell apart when Danny uh, had to step away. Hans and Core never worked out. FBI and Huhi were not reaching the same levels that they had before. I don't think the AD carry in bot lane pool position was great by the end of summer. Who, who's better than, than those bot laners now, though? There's Prince and then... Name the other bot lane that you expect I think Doublelift and Yawn and uh, even Spawn will be better than the Biofrost. And, like, I, I think, think Core Hans, you think? No, not straight up better, but more competitive. 
than what it ended up being by the end of last year. I think bot lane by the end of last year was just kind of a wasteland. It was like Berserker was clearly the best by by head and shoulders, whereas like in spring split, it was more contentious. He got better when some level, uh, you know, I, I think was holding him back a little bit in that spring split. But yeah, I think the bot lane did get a lot better. I think the top three, four now is a lot better than it was last split. I, since I am obviously very much more on the positive side, I guess, so it's not really fair for me to preside. No, because you I can. Also, you can. I, because I now also... I get to, now I get to blame the system. And, Hold me down. <laughs> admittedly, before the show also, I had a last minute uh, swap to our producer. I was like, ah, swap my two and three. And, and I, had, I had Cloud9 at second, and I was like, ah, swap back, swap back. And so I, it was only a last minute... Um, you know, the difference that actually even even the bump, bumped me down to this position. But um, I think that the bottom lane for Cloud9, and we're talking about other ones, you know, getting better. I think that they are actually still on a super uh, steep upward trend. Sven said he would only come back and play support if the AD carry was Berserker. And Berserker said the same thing to Jack. And I was like, that's so sweet. But they were also improving so much together and their synergy together for a bottom lane is incredibly important, obviously. I think that that, that bottom lane, as good as they were, are still, uh, you know, have a have a very good upward trajectory ahead of them and are still improving. Um, the, the Diplex point, I also was very cautious about because I have not watched LFL. Um, you know, I, I have a lot of, have, haven't examined, you know, his gameplay that much, but I actually had really positive people talk about him from scrims. So I, I think it is a sample size issue and a, exactly who you talk to. I got confirmation by after. I was like, someone tell me something terrible about uh, him. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. I, it. Yeah. I heard, I heard that they were, they were doing quite well. Um, in their scrims overall as well, which which to me, again, comes back to like, this is our championship team and they didn't make a lot of changes. No, four-fifths the same. So they should they should start hot. And I think that last, that, that championship finish for them was like, wow, even with all those changes they made, they actually finished the championship. And I totally agree that there was a lot happening in the LCS with all the other moving Im parts. Implosions. Implosions. And, kind of and yeah, yeah. All, there was a lot of other stuff happening. But even at that point, I was like, Cloud9, like, Fudge should still be re-improving, you know, regaining his top lane uh, dominance. Blabber was was hitting his stride again. Um, so, I yeah, I have very high hopes for this Cloud9 squad. Sorry, the system is biased against you, Mark. It's okay. I'll, right. I'll, I'll, I'll get the last laugh. Or you won't. Uh, <laughs> or I won't. Second, or Jack will. <laughs> second place, uh, we got EG. Um, you both have them in second. I had them in first. Uh, I guess Ooh. you guys, you guys, uh, no, I guess with the top two, you guys both agreed on the ordering of the top two and I was kind of the odd man out. Um, EG, you know, I, I have heard like really, really good things about in scrims. I heard they're slapping everyone around. Uh, I heard JoJo is like... They must... Oh, man. We can't leak. But So they must have... I know who... <laughs> Kobe I know like lining who, up the, the room. Yeah, exactly. I know who must have played them since I talked to them and but like after you talked to them mm -hmm. because I, this specific team was like, no, 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 no. I talked to some a coach this morning right. that told me that that they got slapped. All right, all right. Forget the uh, the, the rumors. Uh, anyway, unless you're willing to leak it, you know, keep the the rumors to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Here, EG has uh, they swapped out Impact for someday. Yeah. He then, has them first place. Well, we'll let him gas them up first, and then they have FBI stepping in for Danny slash Cowry, whatever you want to. Yep. Inside that, but I otherwise mean, the other three are the same. We we have them second place, so it's not. Yeah, we're all going to really agree. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, like the the changes that you can focus on, obviously, someday in FBI. Uh, I don't. 
Will FBI be Danny? No, I don't think so. I think Danny, there's like some weird revisionist history where people are like, ah, Danny wasn't that good. He didn't do that much. No, Danny was actually like the best team fighting AD in the league and was like first team all pro and rookie of the year and all this stuff and like was amazing. Um, FBI though, like I think that, you know, we have to kind of give him a, f- a fair shake with, with a different support, right? You know, some people are like, oh, well, is it who he's fault? Is it not? Hard to know. But Vulcan, I do think is clearly one of the very best supports in the league and has been for a really long time. Um, I have heard that this lane is doing really well together, like right off the jump. Uh, JoJo and Inspired, I think are going to be the best mid jungle in the league, right? Like uh, JoJo, I already thought had an incredible year last year. I think his development was like very clear to see from spring to summer, MSI to worlds, um, seeing how much better this guy has gotten Um, from everything I've heard. Like he's working incredibly hard and like super driven to, to like be even better, you know, like, like his goal is to win an MVP this year. I easily think he could Um, inspired like already did that and inspired was clearly the best jungler in the league. Um, I don't really know that if anyone's going to be able to, to dethrone him. If they were, like, you know, it would be someone really having one of those incredible splits. Like, jungle is really stacked, I feel like, in the LCS when you look at top four. Um, so that's maybe more debatable. But somebody has also been so good for so long. Uh, this, I'm not sure if this is, like, an upgrade or not for for EG because I think Impact did so many good things for them and so many good things for so many international teams. But it is it does give them more diversity, I think, and allows them to play more carry styles if mm-hmm. they want to, uh, which makes it so threatening right especially when you have that potential like really monster top side where inspired could go to either lane and really kind of like just prey on one lane or the other i think it, it just kind of like opens up their their options more so than they had last year uh and i think this team is going to be like really really hard to beat yeah obviously me and mark are very positive on them also with having having them second place and for me one of the main reason is just i have so much faith in the mid jungle duo. Yeah, uh, I I really think Jojo. To your point, I think the key thing that you mentioned was his work ethic remains incredibly high. Um, he he is one of the when when it's like oh you know it's it's almost all TL. Jojo is one of the like oddballs that it will be will be smattered in there in like Champions League games and 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 playing a bunch of them as well. Um, I, I just feel like he is. He he learned he learns so much from so much of the international competition that they got to play as well that these are going to be compounding improvements for him as an individual and then by association the rest of this team how he plays with inspired I think it is going it is going to level up so much from last year as well so I, that to me I was like oh my like this team is so good the thing keeping them out of the top spot to me the slight worries I do know for a fact, you know, the one of the big differences for Someday and Impact, Impact talks so much. Yeah, he yeah. is such an in-game leader. He has talked so much about strategy, both in-game, in reviews. I he's think, pretty goofy too. Like yeah, he, he's pretty loud. I think that is going to be a, a, a big shift. Uh, Someday is is more reserved. Amazing top laner. I was one of his biggest proponents last year, yeah. you know, talk, talking up 100 Thieves, trying to, uh, you know, get him credit for their split pushing. But... That and um, my uncertainty on the the FBI move. Uh, again, I think it's a, a valid thing to bring up the separation between him and Huhi because it's such a long-standing relationship, you know, all the way from Golden Guardians through Hundred Thieves to see how how he performs. But he had a little bit of kind of a curbing and and yeah. you know a drop off from and he like made individual pedestal. mistakes too. Yeah, yeah, that 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 he was previously on as far as AD carries. So those were the two things. The that kind of held held me back from pushing them all the way uh, up into first. I do have 
very high hopes for this for this team. And I do think that they kind of bounced back and dealt with a lot of the changes that they had to make. I think they're the safe bet, actually, for the number one spot. I agree. I, I, um, even though I have someone else above them, it's more yep. just like hype and hopium than like actual <laughs> good reason. Because I think for me, EG was the best team hands down last year. They won lock-in. They had a nine and nine spring split regular season, but then one in playoffs dominated summer, summer regular they were season. so far away. They were the clearly best. the best team in summer until the kind of like collapse that we talk about happened with Danny, yeah, Danny uh, leaving, having to step away. And that's yeah. like, obviously like, caused a lot of internal problems. So like, yeah, even that, they still almost made it to the title championship as they're going through this transition and stuff. And I think, um, JoJo's just going to get better. Like, there's no way that you watch him and be like, that was his peak last year. It's not going to get better this year. Like, clearly he's going to keep improving. Yeah. Um, and so, like, just the fact that he went from, like, super lane-focused in spring to more, like, team-focused in summer. And then, like, in the kind of playoff run in loser's bracket, had to, like, hard carry some games. That Swain, Swain game, game lives, like, in my head. Rent free, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, he just, and then, like, the set at Worlds. Like, he has that pop-off potential as well as, I think, being a more well-rounded player still. Inspired's insane. Won MVP for a good reason. I think. So, this, what were the things that kept you out? Uh, no, it's just like literally hype for the other team. It's I don't really have much. <laughs> I really don't have much bad to say. <laughs> you didn't even have negatives. For no, no. I, I think. I think to Zale's point, I think the Danny loss is a little a un loss. underappreciated because he had like that magic it factor to like take over any game, and I don't think FBI has Ooh, that. Oh, you're downtown K, but Danny's on Jinx though. Yep, he has he that reset potential. They might F up around Baron and you're going to win the game. Yep. You know, like, he had that that power. And I, I don't think FBI has that. He's maybe a little more well-rounded. I think, like, with Vulcan, I think maybe the lane will be a little bit better. And with uh, JoJo being insane and a little bit more carry topside, like you said, like, I don't think it actually matters. And I think the soul of this team is still intact between Inspired, Vulcan, and JoJo. Uh, and, like, the other two guys, while they are different than the ones they're replacing, can slot in for the most part. I, I don't know if it's as fair, but I always feel like FBI kind of lacked that killer instinct a little bit. Whereas like to be like a truly great... You gotta be a little crazy. Great, you have to be a little bit crazy, right? Because it's like a lot of Danny's highlight plays are plays that most people would not have even attempted. It's not even that they couldn't have like pulled it off. It's like when on the Tristana, like the Tristana 1v5 Penta, whatever. Like when he when he jumps away, everyone would have just like left. You know what I mean? He like turns back around. Be like these kind of plays where it's just like you're riding that line. You see the angle that other people don't see. And I, I don't know that FBI has that. Or if he has, it felt like definitely over this last year or two, he kind of was losing that. Um, but we'll see if he can regain that. I feel like the most underappreciated, if this team underperforms all of our expectations, um, is I, I'm going to be really asking for and harping on the comms and and what what was the the loss of impact like? So okay. impact is a good point. Impact yeah. is just does so much for teams. So every player that has ever played with him, that I talked to, he has helped them in some way, which is crazy to me that he he just has such a strong work ethic and he's always grinding and is able to, you know, bring that to his teammates. He stood the test of time better than almost any low player in, in history too. Yeah. Faker and like a couple of those T1 guys, but other than them, it's like, no. It's, it's him. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And we can move to FlyQuest. You guys both had them in first. I had them in third. Hater! So I was I was a bit of a hater, um, but this is, you know, Team Impact. And I was talking to um, some FlyQuest people this morning and they were definitely singing the praises of Impact. Um, they are definitely also like very much like they're working incredibly hard. You know, they're, they're emphasizing less that like that was why they built the team the way they did. They talked a lot more about about like getting personalities that worked well together and could kind of like jive really well so that the players would just like naturally want to do it. And that's what they've been seeing a lot is that like in all their boot camps and all their everything, like they're not necessarily assigning them work 
but the players are just there and like the players will be you know having like impromptu draft meetings and stuff and talking about things that they could have done differently and all this sort of stuff and the impact is a huge driver for that um which is really really exciting i'll give my little bit of like kind of doubt or hate because you guys have them both at first i oh, think yeah, you put them third i put them third you didn't even just think that that um, second yeah i i think that like clearly their their peak is like they slam the league right um but I do think that there are, are some pretty big uh, language barriers potentially. Ayla has no visa yet, so Ayla's going to be here late. So they're not practicing with him right now. They're practicing with, with Winsome, uh, which kind of ends up in a weird situation where it's like four people sometimes just all speaking Korean and, and speak a left out, uh, which I think can be a, a little bit difficult. When Ayla gets here, maybe they'll, that'll change a little bit. Um, Prince and Vicla, I know, are both taking English lessons, but apparently their English is pretty limited, um, and especially Vicla. I think Prince is supposed to have a little bit better English, but they are having problems sometimes communicating like what they wanted to do, and they're having problems sometimes even just like expressing what they are going to do in game. So there's been, you know, from I've heard from scrims, there's been like a lot of times where there's mistakes that are just based around like Prince says he's going to do something. Spika doesn't understand what he's telling him he's going to do. And then he thinks he's going to like protect him on pushing a wave and Spika thinks he's basing and, you know, and it's like people just die and there's like mess ups. And, you know, and they're saying that's probably going to happen for a while until their, until their English gets better. So like there's concerns about that. Um, there's concerns about like the team had, doesn't have really any practice together because Ayla's not here yet. Um, of course, like the other side of that, and that's why like even with all these kind of concerns is that they have insane talent. Prince was, in my mind, I mean, you, you can say Gumiushi was maybe above him on the full year or whatever, but like in the LCK, he was the second best performing AD in the LCK last year, I think. He was below Ruler, but like so was everyone. And then uh, and then it was him. Like he had, he had a better summer split than, than Gumiushi. He had like monster, monster carry performances. On a not very his, good team, to be no. fair. Especially on, on Aphelios. He like super, super stood out. You know, Vikla is crazy. And I think there's a lot, it's really cool because there's a lot of kind of like Vikla Jojo parallels. They're both coming into their second year. They're both kind of like these like prodigy type players from different regions. So I think that's going to be like a super cool rivalry. Um, I'm really exciting to see their development. But I do think that there's a lot of things that could potentially slow this team out of the gate and, and you know, really kind of like hamper them from reaching their level right away. All right, our turn, our turn. Hype team, hype team, hype team. I, I Part of the reason why I was so hyped is because I also had those concerns yeah. and everyone I was talking to that was screaming them was like, we're getting shit on with Winsome. Like they're, they're an S plus scrim team now with, without, <laughs> without even, I'm like, it's going to get better. Like with the, with the communication errors, you know, without even having the D's like they're. So I heard they got rinsed by EG. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, and you leaked the opponent. Oh, <laughs> um, I mean, to me, that doesn't scare me because like I said, I think EG should be hitting the ground pretty much running. I'm just saying, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I mean, I get why you might have these red flag concerns for a slow start, but like, uh, just the talent. How can you not be excited? Spika, former MVP. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you hit the Korean imports quite well. Impact is never on a bad team. Like, ever in his career. He's never been on a bad team. 2014, he does, T1, it might be the worst team he was ever on. He does so much. He does so much for teams uh, as well as, you know, bringing them together and, and getting that kind of cohesive view view of the game, which I think is going to is gonna help a lot. There's going to be a yeah. lot of, on impact as a linchpin, both from that, but as well as language, yeah. uh, you know, linchpin as well, bringing everything together. So we'll, we'll see, you know, how, how it goes. But to me as well, I, you know, I want to, I'm living high right now with Mark as well, like just getting super excited for, for how it's going to come together because Ayla as well, um, even though there was so much hype 
um, you know, around Busio uh, and a lot of well done, you know, work by hundred thieves is like juice that up as much as possible. I, Ayla was probably the top prospects out of Academy overall uh, as a as a pickup, you know, with Core JJ speaking of him as being the second best, you know, Support supported the LCS without even being <laughs> in the LCS himself. So that's as well one of the biggest and most exciting Academy LCS pickups. So and you have that all on the same team. It's just like oh, oh, hype over. Let's go for it. Go yeah, I was gonna say the the time people might not, not remember, but Team Liquid had visa issues last split as well, and yeah. Ayla stepped in for Core JJ, and that's actually the best the team looked the entire year. It was all downhill once they brought Core JJ back. <laughs> um, and I just think this is one of the few teams that has, like, I would say EG probably fits into this as well, but has the potential for me to be top three in every position. It might not happen. There's a lot of great junglers. Maybe Vikla yeah. takes some time to ramp up or whatever. Mid's just more challenging this year. But, like, I can see a world where everything comes together. This team is top three in every position. They're steamrolling people in the regular season. Uh, in the back half of the split, you know, like, they have very aggressive players. Great personalities, too. Prince is, like, a huge shit talker uh, from what I know. So, like, it was Spica as well. Like that kind of Zoomer energy that EG had, I think, last year could infect this team as well. Uh, it's, it's also really cool because uh, I heard this story. So this had to be like fully confirmed to me. But um, one of the coaches said he was going to like double check. But his understanding was that um, Prince started playing league and wanted to go com uh, competitive because he was such a fan of Doublelift. Oh, yeah, there's a video on it. And so he was saying that, like, you know, Doublelift was kind of his inspiration. So it's really cool to see him, like, going to be able I, to play against him. I think it was Ashley Kang did the interview. Oh, cool. Uh, so, yeah, go go look up Ashley Kang's interview. It's, I'll check it out. Uh, it's 100% true, uh, at least the from the interview is. But he he's also, yeah, he was directly trash-talking Doublelift. He was like, is it going to be, you know, nice for you to know that at least you're going to have to retire at the hands of someone who you inspired to play? <laughs> and I was like, yeesh! That's what Girl, oh, my the, God! The, the, he's a shit-talker, man. That's, it's really funny. They, also, the, the coaching staff, like, in five months, is just so excited about this. They said that, like, basically... So at first they thought they weren't going to have a big budget, but then their, their, like, ownership group or whatever got bought out, and they found out pretty late that, like, we they had very different goals. <laughs> what we, a nice surprise! We, we got a lot of money. <laughs> we can change things, right? Um, and so they like set out apparently like with they they wanted to have like figure out okay well, first we're going to try to go for like the the best resident players we can get, and and then we're going to look uh, for imports. Their number one resident target was Impact, and their like dream list number one and two were Prince and Vikla. So they said that this was like went far beyond their expectations. They literally got the number one, two, and three players that they wanted. And they were kind of like mind blown that they got them, I guess. Um, they talked about how they like interviewed like 30 to 40 Korean players. And that basically the only thing the Korean players wanted to talk about was how much money they were going to make. And that these were some of the only guys from, from Korea that they interviewed that actually like wanted to talk about the game um, that... I think it was like Vikla actually like hired a translator, I guess, to like talk with him so he could express all his thoughts on the game and make sure that they're like on the same page as far as like thought process and how they wanted to play the game and stuff. So like Damn, that they that. were like really, really passionate and like weren't here for the money. Like they wanted to make sure that this was going to be a good fit and that they were bought in on the same things and had the same goals. So I thought that was like really, really cool um, that it wasn't just about these guys' skill, that they're like really all on the same page. And while they didn't have the same like uh, required structure as TL as far as like the third screen block and all this stuff. Their, their supposed offer hours were supposed to be like 11 till 8. And he was saying 
every one of the players is coming in early and not leaving till like 2 or 3 a.m. So you, they're You know that boat that we talked day. about at the beginning around the scrim and who wants the longer schedule with the double blocks? I heard the two biggest proponents were Team Liquid and FlyQuest. Yep. And yep. they were very ups, like very passionately being like, what? You guys don't want this kind of thing? Yeah. I, I also, uh, back when you were mentioning Spica, um, I had not even been thinking about it when I was giving so much credit to Impact and, and what he does for, for teams internally. I feel like Spica, when TSM was on fire at its worst in every direction, he so much was put on him to, to pull everything together as well. I'm just excited to see him when he doesn't have all these extra burdens again. You know, this, this was a former MVP jungler that was burdened with so much extra garbage when he was on this team, in-game, out-of-game, socials, promotions. Like, he was doing everything, uh, translating as well. Um, I, you know, I want to see him when he can focus, you know, on the game again. Uh, and I also feel like he is going to do a lot for the for the team atmosphere as well. So, I don't, there, there's just so much with this team, I feel like, to to get excited for. I mean, that's, that's why, like, even though I put them third, they're the team I'm most excited to watch because I think their potential is is the highest mm. of, of any team in the league. Like, everyone has so many good things. You talk to people from the LCK about Vicla and Prince, like, there's so much good um, being said about these guys. You know, something that I found really interesting was that um, Vicla is apparently, like, just uh, has, like, such strong mental with, like, when he's messing up, you know, apparently he's getting, like, nonstop feedback from Prince and Impact's roasting and the coaches are <laughs> roasting him and, like, all and he's And he's just able to, like, take it in, and he always wants more. Like, so he was saying that, like, one of the problems is sometimes when, like, they're getting overcoached, that a player will just, like, shut down or they don't know how to parse it or whatever. But apparently he's, like, nonstop. He's, like, asking, like, Impact for, like, two-hour reviews, watching only from his POV and, like, helping him fix, like, everything. So apparently he's, like, insanely hungry to improve. Um, and, and like, has, you know, he's, he's incredibly good uh, fundamentals. He played so many different mages in, in LCK. And, like, his, his high-level games were, like, beating some of the absolute S-tier mid laners in the LCK, right? Like, he had some of those pop-off games where he could take down the literal best players in the world. So, yeah. it's I, very exciting. I like that the, the respect is already apparent that, that it's there, you know, between a lot of them. Because, to your point earlier, they're... FlyQuest is also, by the way, doing a lot of uh, content around this. Mm -hmm. And they put out one video that was with uh, Papa Smithy and Nick Fan, you know, about how they actually made the roster and their story of like the off season, how it came together and how at the very end, you know, like it was a late call from Prince that was like, okay, he actually wasn't interested before. And then he was interested when they heard that they had Vikla and, and just, you know, the play, the teams that are made when players want to play specifically with each other, um, I feel like are gonna, you know, have have a much higher success rate. That's why also the like double lift wanting to play with Busio for Hundred Thieves was yep. a huge positive for me of like specifically picking someone out because not only does that give you know analysts and everything the confidence like oh the synergy is probably going to be well it gives the player especially the if it's a younger player more confidence. Because, you know, a lot, a lot of team games like this is sometimes in your head, you know, there's also, you know, second guessing and, you know, what are they thinking about? and type Especially of in like modern esports eras, so many of the teams are decided by GMs versus players. And so when you still get like the player buy-in with their actual teammates, it's, it's, yeah. it's actually kind of rare right now. Uh, even, even sometimes people just lip service and be like, yeah, super excited for this roster. Yeah, like, I mean, we could, we could look at the, the world champions, uh, you know, pretty, pretty good. Uh, job they did there with the solo laners, best buds back together. Yep, Let's go win a world baby. championship. Now they're on HLE, <laughs> yeah. making shit happen. Sweet. Anyway. Well, all righty. So that's going to do it, right? Who's yep. doing the outro? Dib's not. 
All right, I got it. Uh, well, that'll, that'll wrap Has it up Dallas for us. Has done it for the last, like, I don't know how many years? I, know, I, I, I didn't really need to say that I wasn't going to do it, but it just, you know, had to do it. Clean. Clean outro, yeah, right. as always, Mark. Uh, that'll wrap it up for us for now. Remember, if you're watching us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button on YouTube so you don't miss an episode of The Dive. You can also check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor.fm. Keep sending us your questions on Twitter. You can send us uh, to them using the hashtag, hashtag the dive, LOL. That's yes. how our producers search for them. If you just Please. tag us, they're not going to see it. You got to use the hashtag. Um, also, we're working to get uh, audio questions back in the episode. So keep sending them in and we can, can kind of compile them up and, uh, and grab some for later. Uh, LCS spring season returns this Thursday. 100 Thieves versus Cloud9. The return of Doublelift as he faces off against the reigning champs. 2 p.m. PST. Don't miss it. Thursday. Remember that. <laughs> New day. 